You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for September 11th, 2022, the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Peter Walsh. It's based on Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Well, good morning again to all of you and to all of you who are gathering by stream. So for those of you uh, who were cognizant 21 years ago, you can all remember the day. It was a Tuesday, and it was sunny, and we were all doing what we do on Tuesday mornings. Then at 8.46 in the morning, when the first plane flew into the tower, the whole world changed in a moment when it was not possible for any of us to understand what was happening. And as we were all trying to understand what was happening at 9.03, there was another devastation. And then at 9.37, and then at 10.03. And then perhaps you can remember, some of you were downtown and heard the chaos of that. But for those of us who are not downtown, there was the incredible eerie silence as all of the planes were grounded. There was a kind of quiet that, that shouted devastation and death to us all. And with the falling tower, it seemed as though the world as we knew it collapsed on the ground in a horror. That night at seven o'clock, there was a service here at St. Mark's and a thousand people showed up because there's nothing else to do at times like that, but to come to a holy home and to be for the Lord. And as the banner there says, the banner that was here all those years ago, Jesus wept. And so now even 21 years later, we, we pause and kneel in silence at that devastation. The world changed on that day, and we've now had 21 years to, to look in the rearview mirror and to look forward and to try to make sense out of it. We now know that on that day, we exploded into a new century, a century that at one point seemed to have so much hope. A lot has happened since 9-11, 2001. Our lives have been continually interrupted in a constant, near constant stream of upheaval and disruption. Many of you uh, know all these events, and I'm just going to touch on them. The invasion of Afghanistan, anthrax and Enron, the invasion of Iraq, more terrorist attacks, Al-Qaeda becomes a household name, Hurricane Katrina, the shootings at Virginia Tech, the Great Recession of 2008, when Lehman Brothers bankruptcy set off a financial crisis that devastated the economies of half the world. A magnitude nine earthquake in Japan causes a tsunami that ignites a nuclear disaster in Fukushima. 
Hurricane Sandy hits our neighborhood here. And speaking of our neighborhood, soon after that at Sandy Hook, not 20 miles from our front door, 20 kids are killed in elementary school and seven others are murdered. The Boston Marathon bombing on Boylston Street, where so many of us used to sit and have lunch and drink tea. The shooting at the Bible study at Mother Emanuel uh, Church in Charleston, South Carolina. ISIS tries to take over Iraq and Syria. Brexit, unstable, makes, makes Europe even more unstable. The American political system goes from barely functional to hardball partisan dysfunctional. People no longer agree on what is a fact. 9.2% of the world is suffering from serious food insecurity. The U.S. government shuts down for 35 days. The House votes to impeach the president. A global pandemic takes hold, radically altering normal life for every person on the planet. Over a million people in our country die. On May 25th, 2020, George Floyd is murdered while a white man keeps his knee on his neck for nine minutes, exposing the pandemic of racism and, and igniting the Black Lives Matter movement. A mental health crisis emerges of pandemic proportions and one third of people in the United States can be considered clinically depressed or anxious. January 6, 2021, the Capitol is attacked in such a way as to try to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. The president is impeached a second time. The Taliban is victorious in Afghanistan. The United States evacuates 20 years later. Russia invades the Ukraine. Extreme heat, wildfires, deluges, flooding, severe weather, changing climate patterns pose major and increasing threats to people all over the world. There's another shooting in an elementary school in Texas. So far in 2022, there have been 314 mass shootings in the United States. And then last week, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, the 70-year reigning monarch of the United Kingdom, dies, setting her territories and all of those who have honored her into a deep and disorienting mourning. And in those past 21 years, you might look at your own life as I look out at so many of you. Uh, many of you, as I see, uh, have had their, their spouses die. Some of you have had your children die. There have been health challenges. There certainly has been a loss of what we might have considered normal at one point, a loss of belief in the institutions of our country and our world that we considered the bedrock of our society. There has been a lot of loss. And for some, all of that loss leads to a feeling of lostness, just feeling lost. And yet, in the midst of that whole litany of difficulty and disaster and destruction, that is not the whole story. In addition to all of that, those worldly realities, 
there is an amazing grace in play in our lives and new days that have dawned after each of these disasters. In the gospel that was just read this morning by Reverend Elizabeth uh, has two parables in it. And these two parables have so much to say to us about where we are in our lives and ultimate realities at play in the lives that we're all living now. As you know, the setting for Jesus telling these parables is a, is a conversation in some sense that he is having. And he is speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees, to the religious authorities of his day. And he is talking about the tax collectors and the sinners. Sinners were a group of people uh, who were not on the in religious circle of the day. They were a category of people. And uh, Luke in his gospel is very, very clear that the mission of Jesus, the whole reason that for the incarnation uh, is that he is to seek, seek out the lost. Now, as you know, by the way, the lectionary works, the way we do our readings, we, we, we concentrate on Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John gets immersed in all of that. But some of the gospels, only have are the only ones to carry a particular story and one of the one of those stories is only in mark and i'm sorry that we only hear this story once every three years and in this story uh there is a man who uh, has a son who is possessed by a demon and the demon causes his son to do crazy wild things throwing himself into fire throwing himself into water and Jesus is speaking about belief. And the Father says a line that is amongst the greatest lines in the New Testament. He, he, the Father, in a pleading heart, says to Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. I remember years ago being in a church with a stone altar, and that's what was chiseled on the front of the altar. I believe. Help my unbelief. And I think what that points toward is belief and unbelief and the feeling of being lost and the feeling of being found are all mixed together, right? We are walking, talking, thinking, praying, living, loving, lost, and founds. Our, our, uh, all the stuff of our lives is in our huge psychic bas basket. It's kind of like the lost and found at your elementary school, right? All this stuff is in it. Some of it matches, and some of it's just a random sneaker, a random thought. We're lost in our struggles, and we're found uh, in amazing grace. I mean, you've all come here today. Something of amazing grace has happened in your life, whether or not you're here, or you're streaming, or you're, people are watching this on YouTube. We can sing, I once was lost and am found, but now I see, and I still feel like a wretch, right? I still don't feel quite right. That's all for us. Now, our lives are constantly interrupted by loss and lost. They just constantly are. But they're also interrupted by grace and by goodness. And the two parables have something to say about that. These parables, if, particularly if you watched the, the podcast, you might know, uh, these two parables are known as the lost coin and, excuse me, the lost sheep and the lost coin. 
And I believe that words matter, and I believe that we have completely misnamed the parables. I think these parables should be called the parables of search and celebration. Now, the parables are as much about search and celebration as they are about lostness. And you can see that literally in the text. The word lost is used five times, and the word joy is used five times. And as we all know, parables are not about us, right? Parables are about God, and they're about the kingdom of God. And this parable is about God. It's about the heart of God, and it's about the searching love of God that seeks out the lost. And the searching is extreme. Jesus uses this extreme language to get our attention. Remember that the shepherd leaves the 99 in the wilderness, wilderness being a place of danger, so that he can go find the one. And the woman, pausing here for a moment, Jesus using a woman, this would be shocking to the religious authority Jesus' day, that a woman would represent the divine, and he has, what does the woman do? But she does three things. She lights the lamp, she sweeps the, every portion of the house, and she searches diligently. In other words, there is an incredible urgency by the divine to find the lost. Our spiritual lives are based on, greatly on, one sentence in the book of Hebrews, the first, right at the beginning of chapter 11, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. In other words, what Jesus was doing while he was walking the earth, he's doing as uh, he walks the earth in the power of the Spirit. And so the, the issue here is that the living Christ searches and seeks the lost. And it's personal to Jesus. I think if there's one thing that we can download into our lives to begin to change our relationship, uh, to deepen our relationship with Jesus is to realize that we are a person to Jesus. That, that however you might conceive of the role of Jesus in the divine life, it is not a distant deist view of, of the word that created the world and then stayed away from the world. It is an intimate view and we get a little we get a little sort of crack and sight into that in the parable when it says, when he finds the sheep, he says, I have found my sheep that was lost. This little word, my. This, we are Jesus's people. The world, we are all Jesus's people. Now, it goes on to say, when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. The image of Jesus as the good shepherd of the sheep was a very powerful image in early Christianity. At the Cleveland Museum of Art in Cleveland, they have a collection of little marble statues. And one of the statues is of Jesus the Good Shepherd. They believe it came from marble in Turkey and that it belonged uh, around the year 270 to, to a pious Christian who would have put this, maybe even hid this, in his or her house. 
And it is this little beautiful marble sculpture with Jesus with a crook in his, le- in his right hand and an enormous sheep on his shoulders. And, and the sheep's face is looking upward, almost as though there's a slight smile on it. And, and Jesus is walking along like this, also with a slight smile on his face. Now, I ask you to imagine what it would be like if we had Jesus as the good shepherd with the sheep on his shoulders as the primary and leading image of Christianity rather than the cross, which truth be told came in in many ways much later. Now, all of us in all of our lives come to times in our life where we, we can't do it. Right? We just can't do it. We can do some things, but we can't do the whole thing. For those of you who've had your spouse die, your child die, for those of you who are in middle school and everybody hates you, you just feel cruddy. There just are times. There are just times. And is there any other place you would rather be than on Jesus' shoulders? There are just times when our Lord has to carry us. The podcast um, that uh, was a lively podcast, uh, in part because Elizabeth and I were having fun, uh, unfortunately we had a technical issue and something that uh, Justin said got cut out and, and Elizabeth's great insights at the end got cut out. And one of the things that got cut out is something that I read to say that this gospel is good news. It's not good advice. The gospel's not telling you to do anything. The gospel is telling you that the Lord can carry you when you're lost. I mean, that's where we all want to be. And these parables are not only about that, but they're about, you know, the searching love of God, and they're about joy, and they're about celebration. The parables are very short, and so we can read over them too quickly and might miss that they're about a wild extravagance, uh, a wild exuberance of joy. And uh, it, it's kind of funny, in, the, in each of the parables, there's a celebration on earth and there's joy in heaven. In the second one, there's a celebration on earth and there's joy before the angels of God, kind of like a heavenly party. And in each of these cases, the celebrations on earth would have cost way more than the value of that one sheep or the value of that one coin. Others are summoned into the joy. It is divine joy that people are summoned into. And in each case, it talks about repentance. This is what was part of the fun of the podcast. But this is repentance, not as biblical sackcloth and ashes, a crawling before the divine. This repentance is the repentance of a heart that turns toward God. So in other words, we're lost. Our loss becomes lostness when we turn away and think we're alone with it. Uh, Repentance, this, this turning, this sort of metanoia, comes when we turn toward the divine. And every time we turn, we, there is joy in heaven. Every time we're lost, every time we turn, there's joy in heaven. And this celebration, celebration 
is at the very heart of the way of Christ. We all, we all remember Christmas. We all love, love the Christmas story. And, and what do we love so much about it? We love about it, that great line, I bring you good news of great joy. Right? Is there any greater line in the Bible than I bring you good news of great joy? And then to the shepherds in the field, the, the myriads of angels explode in light. And then even at the end of Jesus's life and the devastation that is coming hours away at the Last Supper, what does he say? He says, these things, you know, these, what I have said to you, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you that, and that your joy may be complete. Your joy may be completed by my joy. And so even in the midst of a litany of devastation, we are not lost. We are not lost because we can always turn. And if you're feeling lost or you're feeling lost with a great loss, just make some noise. Be like a bleeding sheep in the wilderness and the good shepherd will come to you. And that is why the hymn Amazing Grace, which we're gonna sing at the end of the service, never ever gets old because grace is forever new regardless of our life circumstances. You can find more sermons on our website, www.stmarksnewcanaan.org.